0: Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Metaphysical Apothecary Podcast. We're so grateful and excited that you've chosen to join us today for our discussion of storm magic. When you hear the term storm magic, you might think, oh, weather magic, I'm familiar with that. I understand rainwater for this and and snow for that. And that's very valid. It is definitely part of weather magic, but storm magic in particular has its own sub-niche, shall we say. One of the things we intend to examine today is not just storms on our planet. Storms happen throughout the entire cosmos. So we're going to dive into some deep spaces. (laughs) (laughs) Fun totally intended. Totally (laughs) intended. Yep.
1: So everyone knows, I practice a lot of storm magic. I do range from or local storms to earth storms to solar system storms fairly easily. This is a topic that's near and dear to me.
0: Inside every storm cloud, there's so much electricity and there's so much just churning energy and power waiting to be tapped into.
1: Storm magic at its base is nature amplifying energy. You have all the ionized particles and molecules in the air that can charge an area if it's at the right frequency. There's a lot you can do with storms and I think we're going to start really talking about local storms and the things you can do and collect
0: while working a storm. So local storms are exactly what they sound like. They're storms that you yourself experience in your bioregion or your area. Depending on where you are, it could be a thunderstorm, it could be a blizzard, an ice storm, a hurricane, or even a sandstorm if you live in a very hot and sandy area of the world.
1: If you're living in the plains of the United States, you also have dust storms that will rise up, and that could very well be a storm that you can tap into.
0: Especially if you are more centered toward Earth magic, and you want to tap into storm power... A dust storm or a sandstorm might be a good way to go.
1: If for, for no other reason working a casting or a bell or a craft, like if you're crafting something during a storm, if you're creating something during a storm, you can pull the energy from the storm to amplify your own energy, your own power and your own intent with the Excess energy that's being put off by the storm in and of itself. And yeah. That's an easy way to use storm magic and to perform storm magic in your local area. A thunderstorm is rolling through and you are in the safe place that will not <laughs> be compromised and you can still feel the ionized particles and the electricity that's in the air or the magic and the the power and the energy that's in the atmosphere from said storm. And you can do just about any kind of working you want at that point while you're pulling and drawing the energy out of the storm into your working as some lunar witches will draw the power of the moon down into their workings. It's kind of the same concept.
0: Just to emphasize what Shannon said, when you are working storm magic, please, please exercise safety and precaution. It is not worth your well-being or your life or the well-being of your home, car, etc. to put yourself in a dangerous situation. If the local government is telling you you need to evacuate an area, don't stop and do a hurricane magic working. Please just leave. If you want to perform some on-the-go magic as you get out, that would be an incredible thing to do. This is a caveat to say, please care about your personal safety before any kind of working.
1: Yes, your personal safety, the safety of your pets, your family, your possessions can be replaced. Even as devastating as it is to lose your home because of a storm rolling through, they're replaceable your life is not exactly
0: when you are in a situation that is particularly dangerous and you need to just go there is absolutely nothing wrong with taking some kind of object and tying it to the storm energy siphoning that into the object a crystal is great for this because they're amazing at holding information right and then just keep that with you and imagine that energy siphoning off of the storm and into a protective bubble around you your loved ones your vehicle wherever it is you happen to be
1: you can also use it or a second stone or object to hasten your retreat, hasten your evacuation in a safe manner. So you can have a protective item that is tied to the storm magic. You can also work a quickening of your pace magic. So there are several ways that you can use the energy that's coming in in front of the storm, because that's still storm energy. The hours, maybe days, sometimes before the storm actually hits you, there's a lot of buildup of energy, and you can just as easily siphon off that type of storm magic before the storm hits. You can do a second working where you tie it to your home so that your home is protected by the storm magic and it sees it as like an eye of the storm and minimize the
0: damage. Yeah. During our planning session for this episode, Shannon and I also discussed the use of magical workings like drawing the energy off of the storm for the express purpose of weakening that storm, Mm -hmm. making it less strong, less devastating. If you are predicted to have an extremely severe blizzard, for instance, coming into your area where people might be trapped in their homes, where it might be difficult to travel to get supplies, things of that nature, you can sit and start drawing energy from that storm, siphoning it off, storing it in crystals or other objects or even within yourself and transmuting it and using it as healing energy or whatever you need it for, but you can focus on pulling that out and making that storm less devastating.
1: I will usually do that, and I will just give it back to the Earth. Mm-hmm. I release it. I don't use it for anything else if I'm siphoning it off to minimize the intensity and the potential damage.
0: Mm-hmm. That's definitely an, another way you can do if you don't have a particular working in mind or you your sole focus is to protect others. Uh, that's an excellent way to keep the energy from overwhelming you because if we store it in ourselves, it can really <laughs> mess things up internally if there's yeah. no use for it.
1: Being able to store it in items that you're not carrying, such as crystals or sun catchers, wind catchers, buntings, pennants, if you so choose, or just returning it back to the earth is a good idea because it's not like you're never going to be able to raise energy. Right. (laughs) You you don't have to hoard energy. The energy will be there for you to raise when you need it.
0: It's always there. Yeah. Sipening energy from a storm too, especially if you're trying to lessen its impact, is also an excellent thing to do if you have a group of witches you work with frequently. It doesn't have to be a coven. It can just be you and a gaggle of your friends, and you don't even have to be in the same space. And that will help keep you from becoming overwhelmed. Also something, if your intent is to make a storm less intense, and that will help pull more of the energy out of the storm. Many hands make light work, right? So you can just pull more of that destructive energy out of the storm and hopefully make it less intense.
1: So now that we've led with the depressing stuff, <laughs> some things that I like to do and perform is obviously collect The storm waters, after the storm has passed, I will pick up debris and uh, magpie treasures that I find around the yard or on my block or on my walks, and I will bring those back to be worked with. I will charge my crystals and tarot cards and rune sets during a particularly well-ionized lightning and thunderstorm. That's something that I do all the time, and it makes me so happy. And what I will do with my storm waters is I will water my plants with them. I will wash my face or my hands. I use it for hair washing. I will use that in a pitcher or a jar and use use that to rinse. I use the storm water for cleaning my brushes while I'm painting. I use it in kitchen witch magic when I'm cooking for only myself. Brewing tea with my storm magic water. Mm -hmm. I will also use storm water in floor and wall washes mixed with a little bit of vinegar and some herbs I mix it in with essential. Oil spray, and I'll do a sprinkling across the doors and doorways and windowsills in order to do a blessing or a ceiling, remove negative energy that may be directed at my home.
0: When we're gathering elements from a storm, usually water of some kind, safety considerations are important. If you're gathering rainwater, gather water that is falling directly into a vessel. And the same with snow is also a best practice. Um, Also, if you are going to gather snow after a storm has passed, try to do it as soon as possible after the storm has passed. Only take it from the top layer. Don't take anything that has touched the ground. Don't take anything that has been stepped on by an animal. You'll be able to see the prints. And make sure it's always white. (laughs) (laughs) Don't take. Uh,
1: if you're if you're thinking that you're going to ingest that snow, yes. But grabbing the snow from an animal print is actually really good magic for invoking that animal in in some kind of working.
0: Yes. If you're going to ingest the snow, don't use animal prints. But
1: but if you're going to be looking for wolf energy and you'd like to work with wolf, and you happen to find a wolf print in your area, collecting snow from the wolf print or the wolf prints itself is not a bad idea.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you can put it in your, if you're a painter, put it in your water for cleaning your brushes and paint a, a a landscape with wolves in it.
0: Which could be extremely powerful as a sigil.
1: Yes, and Odin approves of that so much that he just needs to get closer to the window and tell everyone.
0: He's letting us know how much he's... It's, it's applause. It's verbal yeah. applause.
1: Yes. It's the only way he can give applause.
0: <laughs> Other than... Odin- Boil.
1: Yeah. If you're going to ingest whatever storm magic you're going to ingest, whether it's rain that has fallen or snow that has fallen, boil it, befoil it before you do anything. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just because it's freshly fallen and you caught it in the vessel before it touched the the ground doesn't mean that you shouldn't boil it. Just just be extra careful and everything because your body is you know relatively sensitive, if not very sensitive. And again, your life is more precious.
0: Exactly. There can be, just from the nature of the water cycle, there can be contaminants in clouds that have picked up water from con- contaminated sources.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: boiling it, even running it through a charcoal filter, its I promise it's not going to dull the energy of the of the water at all. In fact, it might enhance it because it's now been purified of contaminants that could harm you. Yes. So what kind of energy do you personally tap into with using the, the storm water and storm magic in these ways.
1: With the storm water, I just tap into the amplification of energy that happens within storms. So that way, when it, I'm collecting it, my intent in the moment of using it will just be amplified. It's not necessarily something that I go into thinking, okay, I want this to be protective magic. Then the entire jar that I collected was protective magic, and only protective magic. I won't have an entire glass pitcher of only one type of magic intent with that storm magic.
0: But instead, it's all charged up and almost a blank slate. Yes.
1: So that way, when I'm sitting down at a canvas, I can pour a little bit of the storm magic into the water jar that I use to clean and wet my brushes with and be able to sit down and say, I want to make this painting a sigil magic painting meant to inspire and encourage for self-love and self-confidence issues. But Mm -hmm. the water I have collected from that storm is a blank slate of amplified, charged energy and magic.
0: Which makes a lot of sense. And... The same, I feel, is true for any sort of magpie goodies that you can pick up.
1: That's a little bit different for me. It can be a blank slate, but if I'm picking up twigs or sticks or branches, I am picking them up with the intent of creating wands and stabs and augen sticks. Mm-hmm. So I'm picking up with the intent of divination or directional magic. Or with stabs, I usually have the intent of supportive magic because stabs are meant to support you while you're walking, right? while I don't have the same type of blank slate involved. I'm leaning towards a thought of what kind of magic am, I'm going to be
0: using with this particular item I'm picking up. a little bit more intentional. Yeah, a little bit more. You mentioned divination Mm -hmm. in terms of storm magic. One of my favorite ways to use storm magic is divination. I'm a seer. I'm a channel. But after a storm, especially, I find myself going for walks and not necessarily with the intention of picking up treasures, although I will. So many fallen branches and twigs and leaves, they fall into patterns. They fall into patterns of runes. They fall into patterns of Roman numerals, they fall into patterns of spirals, or even just call my attention to a certain area of nature, like a fork in the roots, or of a tree, or something of that nature, or they give me a a spirit message a download accompanied by spirit tears, which is my eyes will shed tears with the intensity of the energy when I receive a download or a spirit message. Mm -hmm. And you can also use divination before, during, and after a storm. So if you're going to use divination before a storm, buckle up because it's going to be intense. What I do sometimes is sit and get myself into a meditative space and I'll almost astral project into the storm, then I will look into the formation. Most of the time in the area of the world we are, it's going to be thunderstorms or it's going to be blizzards of some kind because we're on the East Coast. So I'll go into the storm clouds in particular, and that provides this black backdrop and then read the mirror of the electricity that is stored within this. It's going to be raw, and the more energy the storm builds, the more raw it's going to be. So if I want the reading to be a little gentler, I will wait until the storm starts to wind down.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Another form of divination you can do during storms is cloudomancy. Mm-hmm. So if you're not a seer or you haven't been able to project yourself out into the storm in the way that Megan's discussing, you could look up at the clouds and take note of what they look like and what those images mean to you.
0: Another form of both divination and other kinds of magic that you can do with residual storm magic is to gather up the wood and use it to make a bonfire. You might be thinking, wet wood, bonfire, wood, wood? Are you talking about? If you have tinder and kindling, and you can get a fire going and form a pyramid of the wet wood, you're going to get smoke. You're going to get a lot of popping and cracking and bursting of the wood. First of all, if you intend to cook anything over this, you can boil some storm water over this for tea and double up on your storm magic energy. You can cook something over this campfire style, whether it's marshmallows or whatever it is. You can imbue it with residual storm magic that way, but you can also interpret the smoke. You can read the fire because it's going to be very erratic and very jagged, juddering energy. So the things that you see are going to be very dynamic. And you can also read the burned or dried out cracked branches afterwards as though they are cracked bones, because Mm -hmm. those are the bones of the trees, right? Another thing that I like to do during specific kinds of storms is open the doors and windows when it's rushing in, when it's in full force, and just allow the wind or the rain or the snow to that energy just to sweep in when it's very cold, especially, and then clear everything out. I
1: like doing that during windstorms and thunder, lightning storms. Mm-hmm. Open up as many windows I can possibly can and just let it roll right through and clear out any negative and stale
0: energy. The great thing about cleansing your space this way is that nothing's nothing's going to be left after this. <laughs> Nothing can escape it.
1: <laughs> I will also just let that energy roll right through my aura, roll right through my Toridian fields, roll right through all of the energy in my subtle bodies and take with it whatever it could that was holding me back or holding me down or starting to pull down my own health
0: and my own energy hmm I used to do a similar thing with my familiar, actually. One of his favorite things was actually to watch storms, and he would lay down at our patio door and watch the snow or watch the rain fall. And when we had some severe, severe thunderstorms last year, we lost power for a little while. I sat down in front of the window to watch the rain, and he came over and curled up in my lap, and the two of us together just very peacefully watched the weather raging outside and allowed that energy to almost gently sweep things away. Like what you were describing sounds like invigorating and energizing, and this was a lot more of a gentle roll through. I definitely use storm magic to help deal with the introverted
1: aspect of my personality where I do spend energy in order to interact with people.
0: Right. Another thing that I really love doing during a storm, as long as it's safe, is to go outside and experience it. Mm -hmm. This is like the most obvious way, and it's something that I feel like a lot of people do instinctively. I go out on the patio, and I stand there, and I let the rain pour down over me. I'll be barefoot. I'll be wearing a tank top. I will also take barefoot walks in the grass while it's raining, and I've done this in the snow as well. I can't spend as much time outside in the snow, especially not barefoot, but I will do it in the snow, and I know that people think I'm absolutely insane, but it's the most transcendent experience to be standing outside in the snow and you feel the cold sinking into your skin, sinking into your body, feel the snow hitting your skin and melting, catching it on your tongue, those negative ions in the air from the storm energy, along with cold therapy, is excellent for resetting your energy.
1: Mm -hmm. It's a family event when a storm is rolling through, especially in the summer, Mm -hmm. for us to all sit out, whether it's on the front porch or on the back deck, to enjoy everything. We've been in its presence. We've greeted it. We've gone through the meditation, observation, contemplation of the storm coming through.
0: And when you're interacting with a storm it's inherently got an element of danger in it mm-hmm. so you learn to kind of judge where the line is. And then you back up a couple of steps behind that line to protect yourself. But it allows you to remain calm enough that you can actually enjoy the energy.
1: Another way that I will enjoy storm magic on the outside, or used to as a child, I used to dance in the rainstorms. I still enjoy it. Dancing in the rain, Mm -hmm. and it is not in any way, shape, or form meant to appropriate the Native American rain dance. It's not that at all. It is more The celebration of
0: thing in the rain became dancing in the rain, but I was a dancer as a child. Such a great example of how when we're young, we naturally perform magic. We don't necessarily understand all the ins and outs of it, but we know what things are magical and what to do when that energy is present. Yeah. My family also used to gather together and, and watch storms. When I was little and we were all at my grandparents' house, all the kids would gather on the back porch and watch the rain fall down over the farm and the barn and the natural landscape that was out there because we weren't allowed to play in the rain at all. The matriarchs in my family were much too nervous to allow. us to play in the rain if there was any kind of thunder going on in the background but hanging out with my dad when i was younger sitting on the back porch with him and just watching this rain come down it pounded the ground so hard that it looked like a solid wall and the sky was green The clouds were just churning, and he and I, who are both water elementals, were just sitting there very peacefully, almost sleepily, watching this incredibly powerful storm happening while my poor mother, who grew up in Ohio, was standing in the doorway, nervously watching the sky, waiting to usher us inside if something should happen that would indicate a tornado coming. She was basically standing guard while we were absorbing the energy from our personal element. Yeah.
1: Being on the East Coast, we don't experience all types of storms in the world. And one of the storms that we mentioned is sandstorms. What would you do with sandstorm magic? How would you work sandstorm magic? If I was ever in a a sandstorm, first and foremost, safety. Seek to shelter.
0: Please don't try to cleanse your energy by standing in a sandstorm.
1: (laughs) No, no, that would not be good. But you can leave out containers to collect the sand that is being moved by the sandstorm. And once you have the sandstorm sand that you've collected, you can use that in a sand mandala or use it for creating the sand art, that, like the colorful sand art that you used to do as a child or you still do because... It's a fun thing to do, and that's one of your creative hobbies or passions.
0: It can make a wonderful base for things like crystal grids, or you can pour it into a container to imbue a candle or some incense with energy.
1: You can put it into flower pots, or you can use it for succulents. Can't you put sand into a filtration system?
0: Yes. So if you live in a place where you get rainstorms and sandstorms, you can use the sand from the sandstorm to filter help filter some contaminants out of your storm water. Or if you want to charge some water from the tap or from a natural source, you can filter it through the sand. So there are thousands of articles online of about how to make a filtration system using sand for water. It usually involves layers of gravel and sand and charcoal just to make sure that it's safe to drink. But if you use storm sand, it's also going to imbue that water with the energy that you picked up and collected. And sandstorms, I feel, are this... Wonderful blend of opposing forces, both earth energy and wind energy, which are opposites, but they're blended together in this.
1: The sandstorm energy can be pulled for protective energy, earth, you know, creative, even fertile energy. Or if you're going into the air imbued part of it, it could be for clarity, mental clarity, knowing mm-hmm. how to communicate and what to say, focusing. If you're studying, you can use that for a Zen garden. So that way you can have it there, draw a little silver in your zen sand garden.
0: Using it for clarity is really wonderful because one of the things that we've used sand for for centuries is to scrape and smooth and rub away and shape things. So you get rid of anything that isn't necessary and you're just left with this very shiny, beautiful end product. You can, by the same token, you can also leave out rocks or crystals to be smoothed or tumbled by the sand storm. If you intend to do this, maybe try putting them in a container that is secured to the ground, but also tilted so that they don't get carried away by the storm, unless that's your intention. If you're gifting the wind spirits or the earth spirits in your area with something, with treasures, well worth your time and well within your ability to do with this as well.
1: So we've talked about some of the things that you can do with storm energy and storm magic. Cleansing, purifying, healing, amplifying, whatever your intentions are, energizing yourself, protecting, charging. You can also banish things with storm magic. Just for information's sake, you can hex or curse with it just as easily as you can bless and protect with it.
0: Mm
1: You. Can astral travel because of all of the energy that is being gathered from the storm?
0: So in terms of astral travel or border walking or extra-dimensional explorations of any kind during a storm, you can kind of ride the wave of that energy because during a storm, the veil between worlds is quite thin. The energy really kicks up and makes that curtain, sort of that energetic barrier, between the worlds, it makes it less solid. So you can use that energy and that opportunity to reach through into other realms. Another cautionary caveat to this, if you plan to interact with anything paranormal, another being of any kind, please use extreme caution. But you can use the storm energy to reach through and interact with extra dimensional beings, elusive deities, maybe a deity who you've been cultivating a relationship with, but they're difficult to understand. There's not a lot of information about them. You can interact with them in a very real way during a storm. If you work with fair folk or fae, this is a good time to reach out to them as well. Make sure you bring a gift if you're going to do that. Silver is good. Honey is good. There's also something very interesting you can do in terms of storm magic, which is time travel on the astral. Mm -hmm. When you reach the astral during a storm, it really clears away barriers, right? So you can look into your past and you can look into your future, certainly for divination purposes, but you can also interact with different versions of yourself. This is amazing for psycho-spiritual healing. There will be an article about this on the blog to sort of outlining more in depth how to do this. If you're doing inner child work or any kind of shadow work, you can reach back in the past, interact with your child self, and essentially let them know you are loved and I am going to reparent you. I am going to be the person that you needed. When you were this age, you don't have to be angry or afraid or depressed or whatever you're trying to heal anymore. I've got you. But you can also reach forward in time to your future self and reach out to them for the same kind of support, to receive that support. To look at that person who's wise and has gone through everything that you've gone through and more and look at them and say, I need your support, I need your help. Please guide me through what you know is coming. You can also use it to connect with your ancestors or past lives. This is a little bit advanced, but it can also be a lot of fun.
1: It's usually easiest for people when working with a storm that's right on top of you. Mm -hmm. And usually that's what people think when they think storm magic. I have to wait until the storm comes in before I work this particular working with my storm magic.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And setting up a kit for storm magic so that way when the storm finally rolls in, you're ready to go and do as soon as it's there. Storm magic working on a local level. If you're working only with the storm magic that is right there with you, you're at the beck and call of the storm. Mm-hmm. It's not wrong, it's not bad, it's usually the easiest one to do because the storm energy is right there, hovering mm-hmm. over you, you're encompassed within it. Mm-hmm. The next step is to go out of your local area and start siphoning off energy or using the storm magic energy from the storms all across the globe. Mm-hmm. Even if there isn't a storm happening in your local area, there's a storm happening somewhere on Earth. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't take a lot to research what storm it is, what it's doing to that environment, and whether or not it's usable for you in your working. You can definitely be sitting in Alaska on a clear, perfect day with nothing happening and it's summertime and you want to use some storm magic that's snow storm magic. There shouldn't be a problem for you to work with any storm that might be happening in Antarctica.
0: Yep, or from the um, monsoon season, in Africa. So yes,
1: if you have a blue sky, clear day, and there is something that you need to do with storm magic, it's not impossible to work just because there is no storm hovering over you. Right. I also work with cosmic storms. So that's the another level up, if you will, where even if the storms that are happening or raging across the globe somewhere do not align with the energy I want to pull I can go to Venus and work with the double eye storm on the southern pole of Venus that is always there. I Mm -hmm. can jump to pulling energy from Jupiter from the Great Spot. I can go to Saturn and pull storms from Saturn, whether it's the seasonal storms that happen or if it's the northern pole hexagon storm. Depending on the energy of whatever working I'm doing, if it's Venus I need to pull from, I'm probably pulling for energy that has to do with love, usually self-love and self-confidence boosting and understanding my own body. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to Jupiter, I'm probably looking for energy that has to do with higher education or research or empowerment in some way, shape or form and protection because Jupiter as a planet protects us from a lot of random comets and meteors and space debris. So mm-hmm. if I'm going I can pull protective energy from the great spot. Mm-hmm. If I'm pulling energy from Saturn, I'm looking for discipline. I'm looking for a way to become more focused on something, to hone in on something and work hard and have the energy to work hard to focus. Mm-hmm. So you can go outside of your local area. You can go beyond the atmosphere of Earth and go to other planets within our solar system. You can even go to the star and pull solar flares and solar storm energy for, again, self-confidence work or enlightenment work or any other working that has to do with the sun happening and power and energy and just general happiness. Mm -hmm.
0: If you do want to plan for the storm magic that you want to perform, as we discussed, making a storm magic kit that is next to your door or your window or even stored outdoors where you can get to it safely is a good thing to have. And you just put in there whatever you're going to use as part of your storm working. If your working mainly involves collecting snow or collecting rain or collecting another kind of energy like wind energy or something along those lines, then place the vessels or the crystals or the other things that you want to used to collect that energy in a box and it can be any kind of i would say weatherproof box especially if you're going to store it outside a tupperware or a plastic tote is perfectly fine if it's stored inside it can be a little bit more aesthetically pleasing (laughs) 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 candles vessels to collect rain or snow crystals to collect the sort of electric atmosphere bells or wind chimes or a string of something fringe or whatever you would like to collect wind energy into that sort of thing that way you're ready it's next to the door you're ready to go once it starts and you don't have to focus on running around your home collecting things and possibly miss it or be too distracted to draw your own energy you have it right there Mm -hmm. So thank you for joining us on
1: this podcast about storm magic and all the different ways in which you can gather, collect, and use storm magic, whether it's a local storm to a storm happening somewhere on Earth to a storm happening somewhere in the cosmos. You can comment on our Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, or here on Anchor and visit us at our blog. Odin would also like to say thank you and goodbye.
0: Yes. If you want to experience more magic, the links to all of our social media, our blog, and our Society6 page where you can view and purchase our sacred art is in the resources, as well as other resources that we use to research this podcast. Thank you again for joining us, and we hope you'll tune in next time when we'll be delving into another juicy topic. Goodbye. Bye.